Hello and welcome to CX Today. My name is Charlie and today I'm delighted to be joined by two very special guests. Uh, yes, I am. Today I am uh, joined by Andy uh, Dignam, Chief Customer Officer at Five9, uh, alongside Callan uh, Shabella, Executive Vice President of Product Management at Five9 too. Um, now, so today we're going to be discussing uh, the current AI revolution, as uh, Five9 have uh, touted it, is currently going on uh, within contact centers. And I think, Callan, maybe I'll pass the first question um, on to you, and that is kind of what are the key enablers that have sparked this AI revolution uh, within the contact center market? Well, thanks, Charlie. I mean, I think it's a, a combination of factors, but uh, we did, foremost among those would be essentially the, the move to the cloud by a lot of organizations for customer contact. Uh, a lot of the technologies that we're talking about um, enabling artificial intelligence in the contact center are really only available uh, in the cloud. And so as organizations make that leap into the cloud, they're then able to tap in and, and use those technologies. I think the other part of that too is that it's meant that uh, because those technologies are now accessible and what and these technologies I'm talking about, things like the, the core engines that underpin artificial intelligence, whether it be uh, streaming speech recognition, whether it be uh, large language models, whether it be natural language processing, uh, all of these things are rapidly coming down uh, in their price point. And what that means is it sort of democratizes that entire market. Uh, so the, really the big shift that we've seen is as people move into the cloud, they realize that they can now access this technology and that it is now affordable for them. And then the types of solutions that they're then able to build uh, just proliferate throughout the organization. And so you see this widespread adoption of AI powered solutions that you didn't see just a handful of years ago. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think I think there's some really great points there in terms of the accessibility, the lower um, price, price point and as long, alongside the kind of um, the, you know, the widespread nature of AI, um, AI these days. Um, and it's interesting now, maybe if we could dig into some of the use cases that you that you're both kind of seeing within the contact center um, market. So I don't know, Andy, if you could maybe share, tell us a little bit about how contact centers are using AI uh, today. Yeah, good, good question. And I could also add on to you know what what Callan said. You know, the sort of um, there's the there's the product side of it, right? But then there's also the services side, right? So historically, to be able to deliver AI solutions, you needed an, an army of you know, PhD linguists and data scientists and things like that. You still need some of those, right? There's still a lot of complex use cases out there, but uh, it's sort of the product has been democratized, which really then scales to allow, you know, customers themselves to do development, you know, things like that, right? So I think that's going to really help drive some of the uh, uh, the revolution. Um, you know, and I think, you know, from a use case perspective, I'll credit, I'll credit Callan here for, you know, when he was at Inference, him and the team. And when you think about like a pyramid, right, on the lower, on the lowest end of the pyramid, you have a high volume of very low value transactional transactions, right? Like, um, you know, answering very simple FAQ questions all the way up to the top, which are, you know, could be something like returns of a product, right? Which is, you're going to want that agent uh, touch, that human empathy. So, um, you know, so generally what we do is we like to come in and do a full assessment of, uh, customers use cases and sort of slot them into where the complexity high medium and low um, and really tackle the low ones sort of that crawl walk run mentality and the thing the great thing though is is the product and the technology has come so quickly that it's not like we have to spend a whole year just focusing on the low value we're starting to be able to really look at some of these high value complex use cases you know things like things like needing to be able to uh, um, handle complex alphanumeric 
uh, membership codes for healthcare, things like that, that before, you know, it's really tough to do. So I think that's sort of how we start the interaction and the engagement with our, with our customers. And what we're seeing from a use case perspective, a lot of financial services, a lot of healthcare um, is really where we're seeing some of the, some of the main use cases that you think in financial services, um, you have hot, you have lots of trades that are going on. And so we have some financial services customers that they go through and leverage a voice IVA to get the initial, hey, what trades, how many, what do you want to make? So that when you get when you do get to a broker, you can now, they have all that information to be able to quickly uh, do that trade. Um, we're seeing, uh, interestingly, I don't know if we cornered the market, but we had three customers who schedule uh, rides, whether it be Uber or otherwise, for individuals who um, don't have a car, right? So you can call in very quickly, say, hey, I'm, here's my location. Here's a doctor's office I'm going to. I may have many of them. Uh, even use cases that uh, seem simple, but they're actually from a technology perspective. Coordinating all that is uh, is pretty difficult. So a uh, lot of lot of different use cases that we're seeing, and those, you know, really, I think financial services, healthcare, are where we're seeing some of the specific use cases for um, for IVA. Right, agent assist is a a bit. We're seeing that kind of a, across a broader number of of customers. You think about agent assist. Um, you know, really, it's all about making your best uh taking your best agent and making everyone sort of be just as good as them and so we're seeing that really across every vertical so i don't know if you have anything else to add Callan, on any use cases that you're seeing out there yeah uh i think that's that's a pretty good summary but essentially i think what we're mostly seeing is we're seeing sort of anything that's transactional in nature as being a good candidate for uh, automation through artificial intelligence, anything that's more long form conversational in manner, that's where you, we want to apply sort of the human agents in the contact center. Um, and those human agents themselves are going to be assisted through um, artificial intelligence as well through agent assist, as Andy mentioned. Yeah, and I really like the point as well, um, Andy, that you mentioned in terms of kind of taking those low value use case, uh, low hanging fruit value uh, use cases uh, first and giving customers almost that confidence to kind of build their AI strategy over time. I thought that was, uh, that yeah. was really great. And um, yeah. there's, uh, yeah. there's what, what it helps too is the agents, when you think about agents all day long, they're, they're, they want to work on the hardest use case conversations, right? Um, and so when you can leverage them for that, it makes their, you know, I always like to say happier agent, happier customer. And, you know, I think AI is really sort of helping fuel that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, Callan and I have had a conversation in the past as well about kind of another form of AI too and conversational intelligence. And I'm sure that's one that you're seeing a lot too, and that's fueling a lot of the agent assist um, innovations that you're both talking about too. Uh, but I won't, I won't dwell on that too much. And I want to kind of talk more about kind of where this is all heading with uh, contact center AI. So I don't know, uh, Callan, if you can give us um, more of a sense of had the role of AI in the contact center of the future. Yeah, I think there's kind of like three main categories of how to kind of apply artificial intelligence in the contact center. Uh, the first is what Andy mentioned before, it's in sort of the full automation of a transaction, whether that be through um, intelligent virtual agent on a voice channel, whether it be a chatbot on a, on a text channel, whether it be on a social channel or, or um, SMS or something like that. So we have that sort of category of sort of full uh, self-service powered by uh, conversational agents, right? But where there's no, essentially no uh, human agent in the loop apart from obviously the customer themselves. So that's one category. 
The second category is, okay, now that interaction has arrived uh, and, and an agent and a customer are kind of uh, talking together, whether they're talking over chat, whether they're talking over uh, voice channel or whatever, and, and artificial intelligence is essentially assisting that agent to do their job in some way. Uh, that could be in, in the form of sort of presenting uh, relevant knowledge to the agent. Uh, it could be in the form of um, changing or, or influencing how the agent is responding to the customer because it could listen to essentially the the, uh, the 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 words being used and whether the words are sort of negative in nature whether the the customer or the sorry where the agent is speaking too quickly uh, whether the, the the customer is getting frustrated all of those stuff can be sort of monitored uh, with AI now and then the third category and this is sort of a you know a really big area in itself is in the the sort of the analysis of interactions after the fact. So looking at a you know at scale across all the interactions that a business is engaging with with its uh, with its customers, and using AI to uh, plot trends, plot opportunities, uh, look at how things are essentially changing on a day or hourly basis, uh, and then being able to respond to that in sort of uh, near real time or as close as it, as that as you can get uh, in order to provide a better customer uh, experience. So those are the three big kind of categories that we see. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's great to kind of categorize AI, especially um, in, in such a manner. And that's so, so useful for kind of prospective customers, again, looking to build out their strategy. I don't know, maybe, Andy, if there's anything you would add to that around kind of how you see contact centers uh, using AI in the future. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think the only thing I would add is, um, you know, I think one thing we're learning is customers are coming up to speed very quickly themselves also, right? A lot of times, you know, again, previous AI um, engagements, it was, hey, we were coming in and we already knew more than everyone, right? When you think about uh, the technology, but now most customers are hiring a chief AI officer, right? Themselves, they're scaling up their own data scientists. And so sometimes when you're coming in uh, to an opportunity, either customers are very knowledgeable um, or they don't have as much knowledge, but they might think they have a lot of knowledge, right? Based on a lot of the hype that's out there. So. I think what I think about the future is I think we're going to end up though with much more knowledgeable customers, um, which actually I think makes the uh, the engagement. Think about myself and my team. We know we're, we go out and work with our customers to deploy and implement these these projects. And a lot of times we spend a lot of time training and and giving the customer knowledge, and they have to learn a lot. But um, I think I see I think the future is just more knowledgeable customers around this, and I think it'll it'll make for easier implementation of use cases because a lot of times we start with that crawl walk run um, but ultimately um, i think we'll be able to get to the to the run faster with more knowledgeable customers hmm. uh, that's that's quite an interesting challenge in itself of um how contact sensor can deploy these uh, technologies is kind of perhaps the lack of knowledge that uh, a lot of op service operations have of this technology um, what other maybe challenges are you seeing um, around AI in the contact center at the moment and how can contact centers perhaps overcome them too? Yeah, I think the number one thing we see when we engage in an opportunity is most customers' data is not easily organized in a way that we can, because ultimately think about it, we go in, in order to, to really drive an AI opportunity or strategy, it really comes down to the data, right? And a lot of customers have attempted you know, some sort of CDP project, right? Um, it's most, most customers are in the middle of a CDP project. So they have aspirational use cases they wanna go after, but their data isn't organized in such a way um, that we can access it, which then goes into a lot of times the, uh, uh, we have to integrate to the customer's backend 
data. And a lot of times they're not very easily accessible with simple REST APIs and things like that. So that's probably like the, the number one thing I would say we run into. Although the technology um, with large language models is making the ability to feed data uh, into applications much easier, it's still not fully there at scale, you know, but I think we'll get there. Um, and then the other thing is just data privacy, right? A lot of customers, uh, especially in certain vertical regulated areas, um, that's one of the challenges we run into a lot of uh, the conversations, both in the upfront pre-sales and the ongoing is, ongoing is where is this data stored? Who has access to this data? And, you know, we're very extremely cautious around that, both from a product perspective, as well as how we implement it. But usually that that's sort of a, um, a key a key part of the engagement that, that oftentimes slows things down. I would just add on to, to that. And I, I think one other sort of category of um, pain point that we see too in implementations is making sure that there's good alignment between uh, the vendor, uh, let's say helping with the implementation and the buyer uh, understanding kind of what success for a project looks like. Uh, one of the interesting things about you know AI-driven projects, particularly conversational automation projects, is you can always continue to work on them, uh, but you need to make sure you're working towards a mutually agreed expectation of that success. Uh, occasionally, we get a, a client that would say, I'd like to actually use AI in this use case, and we look at that and we say, well, that's actually not a very good idea, and these are the reasons why or we require this sort of an outcome. And we, we can say, well, based on the experience and based on deploying this across hundreds of enterprises, this is the experience you're likely to be able to obtain. Uh, and just making sure you set that success metric alignment really early on in the process. Yeah, that's 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 actually extremely important. Um, you know, we, we run across that quite a bit. And then that, what that made me think of though, Callan too, is a lot of times um, our customers expect day one, right, that, hey, if they expect, I want 90% uh, um, accuracy, right? Well, we need to continually tune. We need to continually um, leverage the, the, the conversations. And so a lot of times we want to get to a quick time to value, right? And I think customers do as well. So out of the gate, you might be at a lower accuracy level, but we can, we, you know, fairly quickly, we're talking, you know, we're talking weeks, maybe a month. You really start to see the performance of the AI application go up pretty quickly. So. That's another thing, just making sure the customer realizes that it's okay to go live quickly, right? And then get to a point, you know, very, you know, sort of fast follow on that. Yeah, I think that's there's some really good points around kind of aligning customer expectations and setting, uh, setting those expectations properly and managing those out of the gate. It does make me kind of think about the question of, you know, where should a contact center start when thinking about how they can use AI in the contact center. I don't know, Callan, if you have any kind of insights into this. So, I mean, one of the one of the best ways of doing that and um, is, is essentially having a look at what the customer currently has. And what I mean by that is have a look at all of the conversations or interactions that are happening in the business, mine those and look for suitable candidates uh, within that, let's that, that, say those customer care workloads. Uh, generally, what we're looking for when we're doing that sort of stuff is we're looking at uh, transactions, uh, going back to um, Andy's point earlier about sort of that pyramid of customer contact. We're looking for those transactions that may be relatively low value on their own, but there's lots and lots of them, and whether those could be automated uh, entirely. 
And what we're also looking for is those types of interactions where it's clear that having a human uh, in the loop or actually a human engaged in the conversation in the form of a contact center agent is going to add a lot of value in terms of the success or failure of that conversation. So these sort of high empathy uh, environments uh, where there's maybe a lot of emotion involved, you absolutely want your people involved in those types of conversations. Uh, and so we got to identify those things. So a lot of what we're doing at Five9 is looking at uh, approaches to how we can mine that data and then look at uh, and categorize that data automatically for you and then make a recommendation to you in a very sort of data-driven way to say, this is how we feel you should go about your um, AI implementation process and these are the reasons why. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think to, to add on to that, you know, specifically, you know, usually the first starting point is if, if we can get access to a customer's call recordings, right? Again, obviously in a very data uh, privacy specific way, but then we can take those and leverage technology to um, essentially get a summarization of that, uh, or sorry, get the transcriptions. And usually what we'll do with our services team is we'll go off, we'll take those transcriptions, we'll feed it through certain applications that we have, as well as the products that Galen team are building. And we'll come back in a week and say, hey, look, of all of your calls, we went back you know, let's say 90 days, here's all the various intents, here's the number of them. And then we'll even leverage our business consulting team to go map, like what was the cost of some of those intents or in a sales contact center, what's the potential upside, right? Can you increase revenue by doing something? And so, you know, I think that that really allows you to sort of quantify from a business perspective, an efficiency perspective, what the best use case is to go after. And then, you know, to Callan's point, you know, the technology is getting to a point where we can feed in not just recordings, but, you know, FAQs, knowledge bases, you know, all of these things to be able to make uh, make our applications work better. Yeah, I think from what you both, uh, you both painted a great kind of picture about where a contact center should start. And I, I love the point about kind of mapping out those um, intents, maybe spotting areas where you can add, uh, where you can maybe just improve a process upstream and save so much money and also, um, kind of spotting opportunities for conversation automation, uh, opportunities to make the agent experience easier with a bit of automation, maybe so much, uh, so much great stuff there. And when we're talking about mapping out kind of the queries that customers um, are typically answer, asking, gener gen generative AI is already playing a, a role in this and kind of summarizing conversations, spotting the topics and helping, helping us spot those automation opportunities. Um, I don't know, maybe Andy, if you want to take this one, kind of how close are we to having maybe this generative AI solution that you can kind of plug into your contact center and for it to do all of these wonderful things? Yeah, I, I think Callan is more the expert here, so I'll pass the, I'll pass the ball to Callan. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think you can, uh, if, we, if we're talking about generative AI in the form of sort of large language model technology, then we are already able to use that within the contact center, but it's not as simple as just say, I'm going to talk to a large language model. I'm going to allow my customer to just talk to a large language model and I'm going to expect a good outcome. I would say if you were going to do that, you are sort of, you're going too far uh, in terms of um, uh, believing the hype uh, because as, as we know, the whole thing about uh, generative AI in particular is it's generating new types of content. And in a contact center environment, you typically want to really control uh, the types of uh, answers you're giving to questions, the type of guidance you're giving to questions. You know, you take it to the extreme level. Would you would you want uh, to take you know a a diagnosis for a medical condition in a, in a in a 
healthcare environment from a generative LLM? Probably not, like right now, definitely not. Uh, however, that doesn't mean you can't apply large language models in lots of other ways within the contact center. So one of the things that um, Annie talked about earlier is when we're going through this mining process of your data, we're actually using generative AI to help us categorize the various uh, topics or buckets of customer contact. Um, and then we do that by, by having it summarize like long form tran uh, transcriptions, whether that be in the form of uh, transcribed audio in the form of a, a phone call, or whether it be in the form of a, a chatbot interaction that might go on for many pages, being able to distill that down into a nice summary and then use other machine learning and AI techniques to kind of cluster that stuff together to give us really good insight into what is happening. So uh, you, can, you can apply uh, generative AI techniques today, but not necessarily in the way that people might automatically jump to a conclusion of, oh, I'm just going to talk to a generative AI bot. Yeah, absolutely. As, as you say, it's kind of it, you can kind of see all these uh, fascinating new use cases, and you know the hype catches up with you. But I think I think you put together, you've answered my, uh, you've answered that question very well in terms of the practical application of these technologies uh, with emphasis on the word practical. Um, and to come to my final questions now, we've talked, we've covered a lot of bases here in this conversation around contact centers and AI. But I don't know if maybe you both want to um, take this one on. And just tell me kind of what else is exciting you within the contact center AI um, world and kind of, and what you're doing at five at five nine. What what else is really kind of capturing your imagination when it comes to AI? I might, I might start and then Andy can take over. But you know, one of the areas that we're really looking at at the moment is is how to use these sort of new technologies and these new engines to create essentially uh, real time. Uh, knowledge bases that are sort of specific to a particular enterprise or specific to a particular uh, caller or, 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 or you know chat respondent or whatever it might be uh, and being able to do that uh, in a way where we can use these generative AI techniques and essentially what that's going to allow is is going to sort of supercharge the agents you have one of the challenges with agent assist uh, technologies typically has been uh, oh I'm hearing the conversation, I'm going to pop you up a sort of little card that pops up in front of the agent and the agent says, well, you know, I've seen that card a hundred times today. It's kind of getting really annoying. I don't want to see it anymore. But you really do want it to pop up that card when the agent is sort of struggling or not sure or is asking for help and being able to do that in real time. And in order to do that, the, the thing that's generally being asked about is something that's not coming up very often. So how do you surface that data? How do you get that in front of your agent? Uh, and how do you make sort of every agent your best agent because they've got access to this sort of corporate knowledge? That's an area that's really kind of interesting and we're working on that pretty pretty uh, intensively right now. Yeah, that's good, Callum. I think the only thing I would add is, you know, we're, we're the AI market is evolving and the technology so quickly and, you know, vendors like Five9, you know, we're uh, building and wrapping our, um, our products around uh, that technology. I think that what we're going to see, though, is it's we're very use case focused right now, right? Which will always be the case, but at some level, it's going to be more about this AI weaved in and, and leveraged across the entire platform uh, versus just going, hey, hey, how did you deploy AI? Some customers just go, hey, I just did a voice IVA, right? Something I just did a digital IVA. But really, I think the the vendors that are going to win in the end are the ones that thread AI throughout the entire platform. Um, I think that's where we're going to see uh, the, the best growth in the technology. Yeah, absolutely. I think some some great comments uh, to to finish the interview there. I'm sure there's so much more we could talk uh, talk about. I mean, the recent 
acquisition of ASIUS and how that can overcome some of the data, uh, the data issues that you were mentioning um, earlier. Um, and in then the kind of AI, new AI distiller tool um, that you've released at Five Nights, also another excellent example of uh, your uh, generative AI innovation. Uh, but I think I'm going to end uh, end there before I sort of start to blow my mind with all these uh, possibilities. Um, but yeah, thanks very much uh, both for joining me today. Thank you. And uh, also thanks to everybody for watching. Bye for now. <laughs>